Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Jason. I feel like T.D. Jake sometimes with Jason behind me. Hit that organ, Jason. How are y'all feeling this morning? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, it's the season of love. Is love in the air this morning? Yeah. Better calm down all that love. <laughs> I love it. I love you guys. I love being here. I, I love uh, just worshiping with you guys. During worship this morning, I turned up the microphones. We got some microphones that face over y'all, in case you didn't know, specifically right in this area and right in this area. But... <laughs> And, it, and Rick doesn't need a microphone at all. I can hear him straight through the plexiglass and everything. <clears throat> Noise-canceling earphones, the whole nine yards. Uh, no, but I love hearing y'all worship and get excited about what, what God's doing and, and just being in his presence. It's awesome to hear you clap and holler and sing and all that stuff. It's really good. It's really cool to see this picture of the church coming together and just loving on God as he loves on us. All right, so uh, with that, I want to talk a little bit about relationships uh, for a few weeks. Uh, it just tends to lend itself to that this time of year, and, um, and it's something we should talk about. Um, we're not going to get into too much psychology on this, although we could. We got some professionals in the house this morning. There's one back there. Yeah. We could really talk about boundaries and healthy boundaries and in-laws and outlaws and all those different things, but... Today, I just want to talk on a very uh, generic level about relationships and how they should function, especially within the church. Um, it's really important because uh, if we're not treating each other well here, uh, we're not going to treat others outside of here very well. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't work. Um, and we get really good at having very surface-level relationships. But I want to dig into something this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, New Testament, written by the Apostle John, circulated to a few different churches. Um, it's an open-ended letter to anyone who has ears to hear and eyes to read. The theme that John has in his books uh, really is that Jesus is Lord, and his disciples, his followers, Jesus' followers, should live righteously. That's kind of the goal of these books, these letters that he wrote. But I want to look at a few different passages this morning, let the word of God speak for itself, and then kind of tie it together if we can at the end. But real quick, before we get started, I just want to get a survey of the room. How many of you in here this morning, just a quick raise of your hand, are married this morning? If you're married. Okay. Uh, single. Okay. Uh, want to be single. No, I'm kidding. Don't raise your hand. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. How many of you, show of hands, deal with people on a daily basis because of your job? Okay. How many of you wish you didn't deal with people? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How many of you spend a lot of time by yourself because it's the nature of your job? Or if you're stay-at-home person housewife yep yep okay all right okay i just want to survey that's all i want to do i'll tie it together at the end all right chapter two here we go verse seven it says dear friends i am not writing a new commandment for you rather it's an old one you have had from the very beginning this old commandment to love one another is the same message you've heard before yet it is also new jesus lived this truth lived the truth of this commandment excuse me and you are also living it. 
For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. You know, I'm going to stop for just a second. I didn't mean to stop here, but I feel like that's a phrase we should remind ourselves of and declare over our life, that the darkness is disappearing and the light is already here. I mean, the light is shining. We get so caught up in circumstances, sometimes we forget that the light is here and the light is shining. The darkness just wants to pretend like he's something more than what he is. Verse 9 says, if anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in darkness. Let me back up. If anyone claims that I am living in the light but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in the darkness. Anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go having been blinded by the darkness. Uh, I'm going to keep going just a little bit further here, Ronnie. Um, I don't have this on the screen, but verse 12 says, I'm writing uh, to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. Stop there. Uh, it's interesting because we talk a lot about in disciple making. There's growth. There's spiritual infants and spiritual parents. Um, the Apostle John's writing to, to that idea that within this body, there are people who are in different spots of the journey. And there needs to be uh, some grace for people that may not be f as far along as you are in your, in your maturity in your faith. But going to the love part, it says that anyone who doesn't love their brother or sister is still living in the darkness. So he's writing to church people here, followers, that there are still people who are in the group are saying yes to Jesus and singing praises to his name. I can sing of your love forever, forever as long as I'm not singing it next to this person. Right? There's still that stuff going on. Let's just keep going. Chapter 3. Move over to chapter 3. Uh, starting with verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. It's not starting off very soft here. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. I told you the word is going to speak for itself this morning. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, your brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. It's heavy this morning, y'all. supposed to be a message on love, man. 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? I'm going to read that one one more time. 
We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, in verse 18 it says, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. We're going to stop there. A lot of people talk a big game. I was talking to someone yesterday. They were victims of the tornado. And uh, this guy was telling me, he said, you know, my company said, hey, man, whatever you need, we're here. Just, you know, let us know. We're here for you. So he said, all right. So I called him, and nobody answered. Left voicemails. Nobody returned my call. Sent a couple of emails. Nobody emailed me back. So I know they're really not here for me. They just felt good saying that because it just was the right thing to say in the moment. If you need anything, let me know. But I'm going to turn my phone on vibrate and silent and ignore your calls. I'm going to keep reading. We got some more. Chapter 4. I'm going to close out with this as far as reading this morning. Chapter 4, verse 7. Three times John, in this first letter, is talking about this one theme of loving others. Here we go. Verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. This is kind of that phrase when I say, hey, be the burning bush for people. Be the experience for people. Show them Jesus. This is what I'm talking about, that full expression of who God is by how you live your life. 13 says, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he lives in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we are, have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we love, don't love people we can see, how can we love a God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. We're going to stop there. I want those of you who raised your hand said you're married for a second. What does living the full expression of God's love look like in your marriage right now? Does your spouse understand what that expression looks like, feels like, sounds like? Do you know how to give that love? There seems to be a problem here that John's addressing, and that's a problem that's carried on all these years later of church people who are just uh, the followers of Jesus who have 
still one foot in this old way of thinking and doing things. And what happens is this expression comes out, but it's not love. It's usually jealousy and anger and envy and pride. Marriages fall apart all the time in the church. This is pretty straightforward this morning, and so I'm not going to try to sugarcoat anything that John has said. If you don't love people, you don't love God, because God is love, and if God, if you're loving people, then God is in you and flowing through you. So if you're not loving people, you're not loving God, you're not living in his, his will and his ways, and he point blank said that believers who say they love God but hate their brother and sister are liars. Pretty, pretty tough stuff to hear. Especially if you're a liar, you know. <laughs> One of the things that we have to have to realize is that that the world desperately needs to experience this love, and it's really hard to give what we don't have. And so, so churches, and this is really sad, but I, I personally have experience with two different churches in this area. One has actually closed down, and I don't know the full story of it, but I'll tell you this. It's hard to sustain a church when all you do is care about yourself and no one else. It's hard to build a church when everyone is looking out for themselves and choosing not to love someone because they vote a certain way, look a certain way, uh, are in a different area, you know, they dress differently, they look like Todd. I mean, <laughs> love you, bro. It's hard to sustain that. What we like is sermons that tell us, you know, hey, God loves you. Go love everybody else. But today I want to kind of hit you in the face with, hey, if you're not loving, you're not really loving God either. And if your marriage is struggling right now, the, the first place I would say, outside of some kind of crazy scenario, I'm not trying to downplay anything like that, but, but just generically a lot of relationships I don't know, uh, April, you can shake your head yes or no, and I'll divert here. But a lot of it's just communication problems because people don't understand who they are and they can't communicate well to the person they're in a relationship with. And so it starts breaking down. And what happens is, for me anyway, spiritually, I say that the, the start is, how is your relationship with God? If you can't give love that your spouse needs, are you able to receive God's love and walk in that first? And if you can't, that's where I would start. If you're in this room today and you're struggling in a relationship, not just with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, your boss, your coworker, whoever it is, whatever, whatever relationship you have, if, it, if there's tension there and there's struggle there, are you showing love? And if you're not, why? Why are you not showing love? What John was conveying to us is that Jesus made a sacrifice, that his love was expressed through a sacrifice. How many of you are willing to sacrifice for relationships, any of them that you're in? That how many of you are willing to look past the, the negative, the garbage, the stuff that's being thrown at you and say, no, God didn't create that. God, God didn't create those, those attitudes and those things. That came from something else. And I'm not going to hold you accountable to that right this second because right now what you need is to see the love of God first. And then from there, we can get through all this junk and pull out that gold that's in there. 
we can really see what's beautiful inside. How are you right now expressing the love of God to your spouse? How are you right now expressing the love of God to your children? Especially when they act stupid. Man, y'all laughing because you know. You know. Right now, just need to pray, you know. Especially when your son sticks stuff multiple times in a toilet. And you just... You start reading the story of Abraham and Isaac, you know what I'm saying? Like, Lord, are you testing me right now? <laughs> yeah. What does it look like, though, for you to really show the love of God for someone else? Because get this, guys. If we don't get this right, nothing else matters that we're doing. I don't care how many cake pot fundraisers we do or how many women's events we do. If we're not getting the love of God right within ourselves and with our relationships, nothing really matters. We're here to be in relationship with God and other people. If we don't get that right then I don't care what kind of feel-good message you want. You're, you're, you're out of line. You're out of God's will. You're out of God's ways. And don't blame it on the other person that needs to change. That ain't, that ain't going to fly. Well, Lord, I tried, but they were just stubborn. God's like, what? Yeah, okay. How many of you are in relationships? You've been in a relationship for 20, 30 years with someone. And you keep saying the same phrases over and over again about that relationship. And you keep getting angry at the same things. And you keep having the same problems persist in your relationship because the other person won't change. I'm going to start singing Michael Jackson here in a second. You know what I'm saying? You know, man, in the, man in the mirror. I'm just saying, I think what the Lord wants for you to hear this morning is that, hey, look, start within yourself. Uh, this is a season uh, we talk about love and relationships and all this this nice feel good stuff and Reese's candy hearts which are so great but what we need to be focused on is how is how am I receiving God's love do I allow that to penetrate my heart and my mind to change me because if we're being honest some of us have really poor illustrations of who God is because our fathers haven't been great and so we have this earthly illustration of, of who God is through our Father, and it hasn't been great. And so we struggle with receiving love from God because all we've received on earth has been crap. Yeah. And so then all we do is we give that back out to somebody else because we refuse to allow that cycle to change and really experience the love of God like we've never experienced before on, so that we can give it to somebody else like they've never experienced it before. Am I allowed to say crap on stage? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought about it. Whatever. There was a pastor, uh, there's a clip, and I'm going to just paraphrase. I don't want to take it out of context, but I'll give him credit anyway. Michael Todd uh, was talking about generational curses. And he said, there's so many people who talk about generational curses. He said, that stuff was broken at the cross. He said, but here's the deal. What happens is generational ignorance, and we keep passing on generational habits. When Jesus took care of the curse and, and broke all that stuff, but we keep carrying it to generation after generation because we refuse to accept God's love, and all we do is carry that stuff with us to the next generation. We hand it off, and we want to blame a curse, and really it's just our stupidity of saying, no, you know what, God, you've taken care of this. I just want to receive your love, and I want to be transformed so that way the next generation isn't walking like the last generation. It's good stuff.
If we can't get love right, we're all wrong. We're all wrong. It talks about fear in this last part. Sometimes we, because of earthly experiences, we have fear that builds up. and We allow the enemy to come talk into our ear and whisper things that doesn't need to be there. What I love about God's love is that that love, it says, expels or casts out all the fear. They can't coexist in your brain. God wants to surround you, every part of you, with his love so that everything you do, like John's whole purpose in writing these letters, is to say that if you're following Jesus, he wants you to live righteously. And starting with the love of God just pouring out of you, in everything you do so that when you talk when you think when you do you don't have to say Lord is this your will if it's loving someone else it's his will it's what he desires of you should I give them some money do you got some extra to give give it should I should I do this or do that if it's loving on someone else the answer should always be yes now again we're not getting too deep into boundaries they're out you need to have boundaries, and people will take advantage, and you have to allow discernment. The Holy Spirit talk to you. I'm just speaking very generically this morning about how we should operate as disciples of Jesus, that love should be the very first thing that comes in front of us when a situation presents itself or a relationship. That when our spouse, for the 187th time, leaves socks on the floor next to the bed, instead of just walking five feet to the laundry hamper, we're going to show some love. To keep the peace and reflect the kingdom of God in our household. Or when our boss comes on us and they're constantly saying, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? And you're like, I've already done it. Why aren't you paying? Instead of getting that point and popping like a pimple, you're going to say, no, Lord. I need peace. I'm going to show love. Or how about when that child, that teenage child says, I don't love you. You're a terrible parent. You can say, no, Lord, that's, I don't receive that. And I'm going to show them love when right now all they're spewing is evil. Out of their mouths, Lord, Holy Spirit, just knock them down. Transform their little brains. So I don't have to. God is love. And if you are pursuing God in, in his love, it's going to just fill you up and it's just going to come out in everything you do, church. And that's our goal. That's our goal in being Christ-like is that we are so connected to the Father in a real relationship. Daniel said it earlier during worship. It just being able to be connected to Jesus, to the Father, that, that our whole life is different in how we walk and how we talk and how we work and how we do whatever it is that we do that what comes out first is love because there's too many people obviously john's addressing there's too many people today in the church that look pretty but they're full of darkness and there's a lot of churches falling apart because people have gotten really good at just ignoring that and not calling it out well i'm calling it out this morning if that's you enough enough God's called you to live righteously, not pretend to be something you're not, but to live righteously, to give your life to Jesus. 
because it's through him and his sacrifice and his love that we get to experience this blessed and abundant, rich, satisfying life. And then one day, one day we get to spend forever with him. And that's because of his love for us and us choosing to accept that love and saying, yes, I want it. And I know this person up here needs it, and I want to give it to them, and I want them to experience it over here and over here and over here. I want my kids to grow up knowing what it looks like to really have a good father, a good mother. And I can only know that because God's going to give me that. And it's going to flow out of my life into theirs. And no more of this generational this and generational that. No, we have a generation of kingdom people, kingdom kids that are being raised up to be leaders for God's kingdom, to be fellow disciple makers in their schools. They don't have to wait until they're 30 to fall away and have kids and come back and say, I want my kids to be in church. No, you need to be in church. You know what I'm saying? Don't, there's, no, there's no like magic number to say, oh, well, now I'm going to give my life to Jesus and actually live for him. It's right now. Whether you're 12 or you're 120 or 70 or whatever. Now's the time. Now's the time to say yes to him and say yes to his love and to give that love. Stop pretending to be something. Stop fighting it. Stop trying to keep one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. It doesn't work. Just go all in and just say, I'm going to just do it all. I'm going in head first. Let's go. And there's going to be problems and things you have to face along the way and struggles and all that kind of stuff. But God's spirit's with you. God's church is with you. And I'm thankful for that. Today is all about loving each other in this capacity right here. If we don't get this right, we ain't going to do anything for the people out there that are lost and hopeless. All right? How you feeling? Merry Christmas. Let's pray. (laughs) Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your love. I thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you, God, that you have given us this spirit of power and of love and a sound mind, God, not a fear, God. And, Lord, I, I'm thankful that, Lord, you, have, you, are, you are literally changing generations right before our eyes, God. And I, I thank you, Lord, that, that you have sent Jesus. I thank you that you, got, you gave us your word, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we pursue you at a deeper level, Father, that we'll, become, we'll, we'll come to know what it means to really be loved by you so that we can extend that love to other people regardless of who they are, where they are, or what they're doing, Lord. I thank you so much for your love for us, God, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, as you guys go ahead and stand to your feet, I just want to encourage you that uh, you are loved. You are loved by this church. You are loved by God, and it's going to be a good week. So uh, if you would like some prayer this morning, I just feel very much in my heart. If you want some prayer in how do I start loving these people, I know that many of us, as we listen, Holy Spirit starts convicting us and showing us who it is we are not loving well. And so if you want some prayer this morning, I'll be up here in the front and I would love to pray over you and pray that God would give you that love, that he would begin that process with you and him so that you can go and give it out to others. So be blessed this morning as you go. We love you guys. Have a great week.